Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com on the campus of Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. And, uh, you know, we get together all the time, have this show for you where we just talk about life and issues. Sometimes it's silly, sometimes it's serious. And um, if you have any input, I encourage you to reach out to us. We'd love to talk about anything, really. Um, Absolutely. We should have a call-in program. That'd be fun. Yeah, I just got to figure out how to do that. Yeah. And do it when people can call in. And do it when people would be willing to call Unless in. we just record the calls and take them. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to think about that. If yeah. you know how to do that out there in the world, you know, let me know. Anyway, uh, what do you do here, Jason, besides talk to me on the younger older? Um, I'm in charge. The biggest responsibility I have is, a, is our summer program here. Okay. Which is great. You know, we're getting ready for our 54th summer. Wow. Here at Silver Ranch. It's called The Search uh, which is kind of our mystery theme. Oh, fun. And so, uh, yeah, if you're interested in joining us at all, I encourage you to silvertranch.org slash summer. Okay. And you can camp with us, so you can volunteer with us, or even if you're a college student or you know college students, you can actually summer staff and spend the whole summer with us. You get a small stipend, but you get to, to learn and grow and be pushed in a lot of different ways and help us run camp, which is a lot of fun. Go look it up. I, th- I think you should come and join us and, and meet Jason and myself personally. Yeah. And uh, work with us for the summer. We just got through with a, a winter weekend that we sponsor. What yeah, is that we just called? Got done with and winter how'd jam. that go? Winter jam. It was great. You know, we had uh, just about 195 okay. people here, high school, middle school students, and uh, it was it was fabulous. It was fun to be able to get young people out here. I mean, even in light of the cold, I think on the Saturday it was about a high of like minus seven. Yeah. Ish. And they went outside and played anyway. They were outside all day. I yeah. give them props because going into it, we're, we, we were concerned, like, all right, what are they going to do? But I think they were just dying to do stuff that yeah. they just did it. And it was awesome. We hosted a broomball tournament. We had our tube hill going. Um, and people were just outside even cross-country skiing. And it was great. You know, I think, like you said in a previous episode, you know, if you plan ahead, you can have a lot of fun. You can. And that's what these students did, and, and you could tell it was just enjoyable for them. You know, so. I think there's uh, a certain amount of fatigue that's happened in our nation. Fatigue. Yeah. yeah. Like COVID fatigue. Yep. Yeah. Regardless now of what comes out scientifically, the COVID fatigue is taking over. Yeah. And people are going, I don't really care. Right. Right. Honestly, I think that's going to be the, the biggest trouble down the road. If there is any surgeons or anything, I think we have fatigue. And I think the reason there's COVID fatigue is because it's been beaten so heavily on the news all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, nothing else has gotten that publicity. Right. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, like car accidents. If, they ha- if every night they, they opened the newscast telling you about a car accident, every yeah. night they told you how many died in car accidents, where they were, what happened, then all of us would be really aware of car accidents all yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. Or how many babies were aborted every day. That's right. You if know. they would report that right. and how they were aborted and the suffering that took place. Well, yeah. Because that's the kind of stuff we're getting with the COVID. Right. To where now people are saying, look, I know there's a disease out there. Right. I know it's real. I'm tired of hearing it, and I'm tired of the mask. See you later. Right. And and the side that you're not hearing is you're just hearing how many people are getting it. Right. You're not hearing like, oh, actually, like 98% of these people, actually, it was just like a normal right. bug. Yes, they might have lost taste or this or that and the other, but they're actually fine now. Yeah. You know, just like with anything. And I'm not saying that to diminish it, but you're also you're not hearing that side. Right. You balance it out a little bit. We've done everything in other areas to help us live a normal life, and now it's time with the COVID. We're, we're just fatigued by it. 
Um, I know here, even at Silver Birch Ranch, we have done so much that I think will actually benefit the future in, in yeah. stopping other diseases. Right. You know, I mean, we, we put air scrubbers in place. You scrubbers. Know, scrubbers. They're just not filters. They're, they scrub the air, clean it up. So we have these floating brushes. Yeah, there you go. In the yeah, air. Yeah. I, I picture a fuller brush man running around, which nobody knows what they are anymore. But they used to go door to door and sell you things like that. Oh, I uh, when I was, was a kid, fuller brush. Yep, look it up. What for did history. they sell you? Brushes, like a hair hairbrush, hairbrush, combs, brush, uh, cleaning stuff. I think I I I was a kid, but the fuller brush man would come to the door. Interesting, just like the old mason shoe salesman. He used to come to your door. Yeah, yeah. Well, shoes? because anyone could do it with a catalog. You could become a fuller brush salesman by signing up, getting catalogs, and going and getting people's orders, and then it was kind of like. Pre, pre, pre Amazon. Huh. The only catalog I ever remember getting was the 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 Bible that was the J C Penney's catalog. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was about it was it was huge. Yep. It was bigger than like I, you know. And I just remember flipping through it. We'd always circle what we wanted and yeah. all that. But for us, it was the Sears catalog. Oh the, sure. The generation before you. Then yeah. other stores picked that up too. Yeah. But no, there used to be door to door salesmen for Mason shoes. In fact, I was a Mason shoe salesman for a while. Wow where you got a bunch of catalogs. I think Mason shoes were made in Wisconsin. You, you get a bunch of catalogs, and you go out, and you you know, you know, uh, would show people the catalogs. They would order a pair of shoes, hmm. and you would make sure it got all ordered. They would give you the money. You would take your cut out of it and send it to the, the you know, send the order in. It was like these little businesses that, that young people could do yeah, or independent people that were looking for work. I just grabbed a shovel when it snowed. And went door to door. That I did that too. That was a pretty good way to make some money. Oh yeah, but even today, I think there's that those businesses probably turned into those um, those uh, multi-level marketing kind of things. Probably. Oh you know? sure. Because there's still a lot of businesses where people can work from home. Right. And, and, and yeah, now it just th- exemplifies yeah. in social media. So I think Mason Shoe, Fuller Brush, I think they used to be that kind of uh, uh, business and sure. forerunners. Uh, but I think. Uh, even now, it's it's like as you look at life, there are certain things that that come and go. Fuller yep. brush, mason shoe. This pandemic, it will one day be something that we look at like other things in life. You know, this came to our country, came to the world. We dealt with it this way. Now we're on to other things. Yeah, and I think people are ready to get on to other things. And we at Silver Birch Ranch, Nicolay Bible Institute. You know, we've made some adjustments. We're, we we are investing in some testing, you know, things that we could test with. We we get some air scrubbers. We're we're doing things a little different than we used to, but we still want to make sure that we're allowing people to be with people somehow. And I think that's a very important uh, aspect of life. And I encourage other people to do it. There is fatigue in other areas too. Where where else do you think when you just look at the world? I know you've. Uh, well, you're an example of it, actually. So, do you watch news? I don't. You have news fatigue. No. You know. Well, I mean? and we don't. I, but I mean, do, I I mean why not watch it? it? It's. Well, we don't watch much TV, anyways. Yeah. But, you know, and so I, I haven't watched news in a long time. Yeah. You know. Well, we had uh, one of the guys that works for us, our business guy, Mike. Yeah. He was at home, and he was um, on <laughs> his iPad. Yeah. And his wife walked by and just turned off the internet and said, "Enough of that." That's right. You know, what I mean, <laughs> that's fatigue. That right is there. fatigue. That, that's right. That, that definitely is fatigue. Which, 
when when you get the news that reports the same stuff over and over again, it, it just gets tiring. Like even the stuff going on with the government, you know, I mean, it seems like they it's like shock and awe. Yeah. But they try to like shock and awe you till you're not even shocked. Well, and that's anymore. what causes the fatigue. And that's what causes the fatigue. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like part of me enjoys Wisconsin still because you do every now and then get the traditional what I call podunk town news. Right. You know, you still get the news where, man, there's a herd of cattle that that blocked, you know, I right. you know, whatever it is, something right. like so silly. It's like, did that make the news? It's like, that's that's the kind of news I enjoy. It's exactly. like, what's going on locally that isn't like, you know, right. the same old scruff. Absolutely. I, I think what happens is every news place, everyone's fighting for the most drama. Yeah. And they keep reporting the same stuff to where you get nauseated by it. Right. And, uh, you know, once I turned the news off for, I forget how many weeks, right? And I used to watch the news every day, but I turned it off for weeks and turned it back on one day. And they're still talking about the same stuff. Yeah, and I, I looked at my wife and said, they haven't changed anything they're talking about yep. yet. This is, so I, I didn't waste all those weeks right. not watching it because I'm, I'm still up to date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly... I'll put the news on sometimes in the background for something now, but I don't really care to watch it. Right. And that comes from news fatigue. Yeah. I think our government needs to understand that the people of our country do experience this fatigue thing. Mm-hmm. And right now we're fatigued with Washington, D.C. and all the people in it. Yeah. We don't want to hear what they're doing anymore. We don't care. Right. It's like they live in their own world. It's yes. like, okay, let us know when you're more concerned about what's going on on an everyday basis. Absolutely. I think we should spend time with our state legislators. We know them. They live in our neighborhoods. Yep. We should talk to them about things. I, I really think there's a fatigue that is so pronounced that it doesn't much matter anymore what they announce. Mm-hmm. We're numb to them. Right. And um, the problem with that is there might be something important that they need to announce that we're all going to be numb to. Yeah. And so it, it's kind of weird. But we don't prepare really in life because because we focus on the irrelevant so much. Mm. We don't prepare for the things. We, we kind of look at the, you know, we're, we're focusing on something that is a bigger picture and we miss the forest for the trees kind of thing. Yeah. Let, let me give you an example. Uh, you, you ever hear the eruption of Mount Vesuvius when it, you know, in Pompeii there where it just came and surprised a bunch of I've people? I've actually visited Pompeii. Okay. So a bunch of people that are in stone or something? Yeah, that preserved them because it covered them in, in all the ash and soot and, and all that. And it, yeah. it's, it's from like AD, like. Um, AD 79. 79, yeah. Because it, it, it literally is about the same time frame August that Paul, 24th. That Paul walked. Right. You know, and so it kind of gives you a, a, kind of a glimpse back into like the lifestyle that was going on during Paul's day, which is kind of cool. Do you know that there were plenty of warnings that that could happen and people didn't care? Right. That's the problem. Yeah. Right there. Pay attention to the warnings. But after a while, after, I don't even care if it's legitimate, after a while you don't listen. Right. Well, and and here's the interesting part of having been there is is that culture struggled with a lot of the stuff that we struggle with today. Yeah. You know, you walk around and you see some of the houses that are preserved and all that sort of stuff. And, and there was a couple of houses that we toured where they're pretty much, you know, sex houses. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and not only that, there was images, you know, engraved in stone all over the place that like directed you 
towards these places. Right. You know, and this is in AD 79. So a lot of the stuff that even our culture struggles with nowadays isn't new to us. It's transformed because of technology and the way that we've progressed. But the same sin issues existed even then. Absolutely. You know, and to me, that was that was a cool thing because like, all right, you know, even as Paul, then, you know, you look at a lot of the New Testament and how he talks about fighting sin. It's like. That's very relevant because he was dealing in the same, in a lot of ways, the same culture that we live in nowadays, it's just even on steroids now. Right. You right. know, you know the, the, the interesting thing is, is that sin is not new. Problems seem to creep into our lives. Yeah. And we get numb to the warning signals. Right. You know, and that's where it goes back to what we're talking about is being prepared for this stuff. It's right. like oftentimes we think that this stuff just creeped in, but it's like we're just not prepared to see the warning signs. Right. Well, even even with the pandemic, okay, I said we're, we're weary with the pandemic. All right, so yes, we are. Yeah. Does that mean that there's no disease? No. No, so you can get real sloppy then. Right. Because of your... So it's Silver Birch Ranch, Nicolay Bible Institute. What we're trying to do is say, we acknowledge that there is a pandemic and that there's a problem with this disease. Mm-hmm. We, we know that. Yeah. So please wash your hands. Right. Please, you know, don't get so close to strangers that you're coughing all over them. If you're sick, we're begging people, if you're sick, stay home. Right. So me personally, since last March, my wife and I have taken our temperature and and oxygen level every day. It's recorded on a calendar. If we're sick, we're not coming in. Mm-hmm. It, we're not saying that we should ignore the fact that there's a, a disease out there that somebody could get. Right. At the same point, the fatigue of hearing about it every day is driving us all insane. Yeah. So I guess I'm asking listeners and young people like yourself, try and sort through the stuff that you need to do to be prepared. Don't let the fatigue make it sound like there's no problem. Yeah. But at the same point, don't let the fear rule your life. Wash your hands. If you get sick, stay home. Mm-hmm. And uh, even at camp, we've done some other things with air scrubbers and hand sanitizers and, you know, the things that we can do, but we still are going to encourage people to get together. Um, did you ever hear the, the ship, the Lus- Lusitania? Lusitania, yeah. Well, it got sunk. Right. Yes. Did you know that, let me read this to you. The sinking of the British RMS Lu- Lusitania by German U-boat during World War One wasn't supposed to be unexpected or surprising since Germany had ran several advertisements in the New York Times warning of the ship's impending doom. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. They did. The advertisements ran for several weeks. Really? Until the morning of the day that the Lewis, Lewis, what's that word? Lusitania. Thank you very much. Left the United States. That day it even appeared on the same page that informed people of the ship's departure back to England from New York. Huh. Germany didn't want to kill all the innocent people. I don't know why they sunk it in the first place, but yeah. regardless. The British government also warned the captain of the Lusitania to avoid areas around British shore where German U-boats were active and that if they ever passed such areas, he should zigzag his way through. The captain received more warnings as he entered just such an area, but for some reason, he ignored them. Huh. He also stayed too close to the shore, refused to zigzag, all which made them a perfect target, and the ship was torpedoed, and 1,195 people were killed. Wow. So here is a classic example of, yeah, 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 Germany's going to you know, blow the ship up. Mm-hmm. They put ads in the paper. Everybody knew it. They warned the captain. Nobody cared. 
That's interesting. Yeah. When you look at God in the Bible and, and how he talks to us, it's basically, you know, I, I, um, I'm always amazed at how God is so succinct and clear in what he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all we have to do is respond to what he says and not ignore what he says. Um, and if we do that, we'll be, we'll be okay. Uh, anyway, I think that the Japanese bur- uh, bombing of Pearl Harbor, do you know that they pretty much knew that was going to happen and ignored it? Uh, they didn't know exactly when, but there was good intelligence that the Japanese were, were getting ready to hit us on our own soil. Yeah. We weren't ready. Yeah. So we ignored that kind of thing. In, in January 28th, 18, uh, 1986, the Challenger space shuttle exploded over the skies of Florida while being watched by millions of people on the ground in live television. The explosion was caused by a formation of ice around the space shuttle's O-rings, which were used to separate the rocket boosters from the shuttle. Of course, there were warnings. Hmm. This time, they came from Bob Ebeling. They even know who sent the warning. Oh, wow. An engineer who worked for the company that produced the booster. He had warned that the extremely cold weather would prevent the O-rings from sealing properly and would cause an explosion. He and another engineer then requested that the shuttle's launch be delayed until weather was favorable. The delay was initially granted, but later dismissed by executives who were under pressure to get the shuttle into space. As as the launch had already been delayed six days, when Bob complained, one of the executives told him that the Challenger was not his burden to bear. Mm. The shuttle took off against Bob's insistence, only to explode in midair 73 seconds later. Wow. So, you know, the interesting thing to me is, okay, in life, yep. in the Bible, we're told certain things. Mm-hmm. If we're told them enough, sometimes we get fatigue. Yeah. Because we no longer understand the significance of what we're being told. Mm-hmm. Or we're being told it in a way that is not designed to inform us anymore, but to scare us or whatever it might be. Yeah. If somebody's trying to just live, have you live in fear, you're not going to listen to them anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and really, fear is a, a terrible motivator. But I, I like going to the Bible, looking at it and saying, okay, God, there's a way that you made us. There is a way you made us. I don't ever want to get to where I'm not looking at some of the warning signs and, and realizing that I need to adjust something I know or believe in. Mm-hmm. Because there's a warning there. I was I was in Walmart one day and all the alarms started going off, all of them. Yeah. And I'm looking around and I'm, but nobody's doing anything. Yeah. I kept going off and nobody was doing anything. And this is for a while. I'm thinking everyone's just shopping and, and I I was heading to the checkout line and I get up to where it's doing. I say, do those um, does that mean anything? Yeah. And she says, oh, they go off all the time. I said, so what is it? Oh, that's a warning. You know, something, I said, okay. He said, yeah, I, I doubt anything really is happening. I'm thinking. <laughs> so why do we have them here? Yeah, I, you know, my mind's going 100 miles an hour. Like, you guys are so used to the warning. That you don't pay attention to it anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that happens to us. Like, I can tell you right now, do, do you know that life is uncertain and that you're not guaranteed that you'll live tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that, I've heard that. Thank you very much. Let's go on. Yeah. Okay, well, just so you know. Right. So if that actually happens, you knew about it. 
Right. So if you're not prepared for that, whose problem is that? Mine. Exactly. Yeah. Now, if you hear it enough, I guess you go, yeah, 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 it didn't happen. It's kind of like Christ's second coming. You and I grew up in a time where everything that happened in Israel, everything happened in the Middle East. Oh, you know, Christ is coming around the corner now. He's coming any day. Mm-hmm. The disciples were told Christ is coming. Yeah, any day. Theologically, we are. It's clear that we're to live with the idea that His return is imminent. Yeah. How often do we get fatigued from that? We just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get comfortable. Yeah, and once it happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, all of a sudden we're going to be people like, oh, I knew about it. I didn't think about that for forever. There are some things that really you can't afford to get fatigued on. You should, you should have them in the forefront of your mind. Mm-hmm. There are other things um, that I think Satan would love us to focus on, and he keeps bringing them up. And, they, and I think the difference is one causes weariness, one causes excitement. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the fatiguing factors makes it so you don't want to live. One of them makes it so that you want to get involved. Yeah. And the truth is the one that sets you free. So it's like, I I know that um, every life around me, I'm, you know, my parents have died. My wife's parents have died. I know that every person around me one day will die. I know that my wife and I, most likely in life, one of us will die first. Right. So it will leave the other one alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be foolish not to prepare for that. Yeah. Because that I know. At the same point, I could be saying, I don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. It makes me fatigued. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear it anymore. I know it's true. I can think about it every day. Okay, I can become possessed by it. And, or I can just look at it and say, here's a fact. So I'm going to enjoy the relationships I have in life while I'm able to enjoy the relationships I have in life. Mm-hmm. And instead of being fatigued by it and living the fatigue route where I pretend it doesn't exist anymore. Right. And my concern for the virus, my concern for our um, economy is that people are so used to certain things that they've, they've gotten to where they're meaningless now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're so far in debt as a nation, and, and you'd have to go back to our other program and listen to us as we've talked about that a little bit. But we're so far in debt as a nation, we haven't seen a consequence to it. Yeah. So nobody cares. They hear the alarm at Walmart. They hear it so often, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. We've heard we're in debt so often. The debt is so big, nobody cares. Yeah. One day, the alarm's going to be real at Walmart. Yep. And one day, the debt's going to be um, destructive in the United States. Mm-hmm. And it might happen very quickly. So I think we need to pay attention. I think if you look in the Bible, let me read a verse to you that says this. Proverbs ten twelve: hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Mm-hmm. Hatred, here's a warning. Those who hate, it stirs up strife. That's what it does. So if there's strife in your life, there's probably hatred in your life. Mm-hmm. Because love does something else. It covers offenses. Yeah. Love doesn't go and talk about the offenses with somebody else. Right. So if, if you've done something that bothers me, you did, you did something that's not right, it's not like I delight in talking about that with anybody. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would come to you and say, you know, Jason, we need to work on this. Yeah. We don't need to have anybody else even know about it. Mm-hmm. 
but we do need to work on it. So let's let's see if we can fix this problem, whatever it might be. Yeah. But here's what's really interesting in life. If you look at the what what's said in the Bible, certain things fuel other things. They fuel them. Yeah. It's not that you can eliminate them, but like a fire, if you pour fuel on a fire, the fire keeps going at a crazy pace. It does. It does. But if you you have a fire and you don't put fuel on it, it'll die down eventually. Yeah. So there's things in the scriptures that say, "Here's the fuel. Get rid of the fuel." In, in this one, hatred stirs. The word hate is actually used 17 times in the Bible. The reason I'm bringing this up is I think we're all fatigued by the hatred we see in Washington, D.C. Yeah. The hatred of a former president, the hatred of the other side. It's evident because the votes that keep taking place there are all uh, partisan. Right. There's no possible way that all those Democrats think alike. There's no possible way all those Republicans think alike. Mm-hmm. And, and I know every once in a while that doesn't happen, but generally it's like, no, there's hatred. Yeah. It, it has been hatred for four years. There's been hatred at such a level that I'm afraid I'm now, I've got hatred fatigue. Yeah. I don't care anymore. Hate each other. But hatred does something. It causes division. That's what the strife is. Mm-hmm. Look at Washington, D.C. Example A. Yeah. Hatred causes this uh, strife is used four times in the old testament it really means discord it means um uh, separation and what we need to to understand is that this idea of hating somebody can be so captivating that it begins to cause us to focus on nothing other than the hatred that's in our souls yeah and it will divide people it will divide families it will divide nations and we as a people will be sorry that we put up with the hatred Mm. i have written our our senators several times and and i've expressed this to him i said please stop the hatred yeah you know you can talk about legislative issues you can talk about what you think is actually right or wrong and they might say well you're conservative so you need to stop the hatred towards uh, gay people or whatever else it might be and I would say, I, I've never even expressed hatred toward them. Mm-hmm. I would disagree with their lifestyle, and I would disagree that, that God condones their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But I don't hate them, right. not in any way, shape, or form. And, and if you think I do, then it's because of your preconceived notion of somebody that would disagree with you, that, mm-hmm. that they must hate you if they disagree with you. And, and so what's happening in our culture is people are focusing on that hate we're seeing a, a, a nation that's actually divided. Yeah. And they're divided probably pretty close down the middle. Yeah. And, and this division is causing uh, a bunch of unrest in our country to the point where the people of the nation are fatigued by it. They're just turning it off and pretending now like that alarm at Walmart, it's not there. Mm. The trouble is, it could be that this hatred this time is going to go into something that destroys a lot of other things. Just like it could be that that alarm now is real yeah. in Walmart and we have to respond to it. Yeah. So I encourage you, watch what you get fatigued by and make sure you're looking at signals and responding to them um, in, a, in, a, in an appropriate way. Yeah, and I think that's a good reminder, not only in a, in a national scale, but even on a personal scale. You know, what is it in your life that you've been ignoring the, the warning signs of for far too long where it's become a second nature? Maybe you're struggling with a sin and, and it's something that you've dealt with for so long that it's no longer, you know, 
no longer an alarming no to longer you, alarming yeah. to you you know and so i encourage you to think about that unfortunately that's all the time that we have for this discussion today i encourage you to, you know if you're encouraged at all go back and re-listen to this episode or check out other episodes of our younger and older podcast on relate 365.com and there's a, some other podcasts out there too that you could just um listen to and, and check out but for dave, dave and jason this is younger and older take care bye-bye